Welcome to Beef and Forage Roundup, on-farm research and demonstration with host Chantal McRae. This podcast is a production of Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiatives, created to share information with farmers, producers, and agriculture enthusiasts to showcase the important work that is happening at MBFI. Our podcasts drop on the first and third Wednesdays of each month. We will be sharing information through interviews with General Manager Mary Jane Orr, project leads for various projects, MBFI's team members, speakers from our extension events, industry leaders, and industry suppliers. This podcast will dig deep into on-farm research and field testing practices related to beef cattle and forage production and efficiency and sustainability of practice in the agricultural industry in Manitoba. We will be sharing information on upcoming training and workshops, field and farm demonstration tours, education materials, and events at MBFI as well as producer profiles from around the province and information on their trials, challenges, innovation, and results. We encourage you to browse our social media accounts and website for links to more information on projects, upcoming events, and important deadlines. Information on our social accounts and website can be found following the show and in the show notes. As always, we encourage you to email us if you have feedback, questions, or topic suggestions for the show at information at mbfi.ca. Kim Moffat has been a counselor for over 30 years. For the last 22 years, Kim has specialized in the area of agricultural mental health. She has provided counseling and support to farm families for 20 years at the Manitoba Farm, Rural, and Northern Support Services. In 2020, that service was relocated into Winnipeg. Kim grew up on a small mixed farm in western Manitoba. She moved away to receive her education in psychiatric nursing and then upon marrying her husband Brent, returned to his family farm in the Strathclair area. Raising cattle was their passion, but a financial strain caused by the BSE crisis saw them make the difficult decision to leave their farm. Aware of the gap in service for farmers to access help, Kim partnered with colleague and mental health advocate Jerry Friesen and eventually founded the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. Since then, Kim has been facilitating the University of Guelph mental health workshops, targeting farmers and those working in the egg industry. She has also recently started her own private counseling business, prioritizing farm and rural people. Through her own lived experiences, as well as learning and listening to farmers, Kim continues to advocate and push for accessible and informed support for Manitoba farmers and their families whenever she can. I do want to give a slight trigger warning right off the top of this episode as we do mention suicide and suicidal ideations and although we don't get into a lot of specifics about it it is mentioned within the podcast welcome to the podcast today kim i'm so grateful that you are able to take the time to join me today the topic of mental health awareness is something that is very close to my heart and so i'm just very thankful that we have the opportunity to do this today and hopefully this is something that our listeners can take some information away from should they need it. So just welcome to the podcast. And I'm so glad that you're here. Well, thanks, Chantel. It's really, it's really nice to be here. And and thanks for the invitation. And it is such an important topic to to share. So I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Before we dig into kind of some of the supports and services that are available, can you give me a brief overview of what mental health is and why mental health awareness is so important, especially in agriculture? Sure, I'd love to talk about that. I, I think 
mental health is is important to everybody you know no matter what stage of life you're in whether it's childhood certainly in our teenage years where the brain's still really developing and into our adult years and and into our senior years it's we all have we all have mental health and it's it's ours to to look after mental health is really influenced by things like our emotions and and how we think and how we feel and who we're in relationship to and when we have good mental health we feel we feel pretty productive we feel like we can kind of rise up and and you know face the adversity or challenges that are are coming at us and for producers that's that's really important to stay on top of our mental health so if we have um, a check engine light that is is flashing or sometimes even stays on even worse it's a good indicator that we need to kind of pay attention to what's going on because if we don't it can have really negative implications to how we're able to think and um, process information and make decisions big or small to stay on task all those things that farmers are called upon to to do every single day so in particularly with agriculture we know that there's there's so many hazards out there that farmers are surrounded by you know whether it's hazardous equipment or confined spaces and storage or chemicals there's there's all these kinds of things that we really need to be able to kind of focus and and be well rested and to be able to tend to so so there's lots of really positive things that can come from having good mental health and on the flip side you know there's lots of things that can kind of go you know off the rails when we're not staying on top and looking after ourselves wouldn't it be great if humans had a check engine light that just popped up and you're like you know what I need to check in and take a minute or your family could say you know what I see that that engine lights on you need to slow down for a second or let's have a conversation about this that would just that would just be fabulous it would (laughs) wouldn't it it really would and so you know short of not having that you know designed into our makeup we can learn to be really insightful and, and aware of what do we notice about ourselves when we find ourselves feeling exhausted kind of at the end of our rope like what are some of the things that tell us we're struggling and and sometimes I encourage people to say hey you know ask ask the person that knows you the best that could be a spouse or your children or whatever you know what do you notice when I'm starting to get kind of stressed out if, if you don't see it within yourself and if you're brave enough to ask your family or friends that's really good information because that's when you can kind of look at some preventative measures and some coping strategies so that you don't kind of go further down that road of, of not coping well. That's a great idea. And that awareness is just so important for yourself and to be aware of the people around you and how they're doing. When I was taking a look on the Manitoba farmers wellness program website, which we're going to talk more about shortly, I was blown away by some of the statistics that you have listed on that page that revolve around farmers and anxiety, depression, and just that general reluctance to get help in the agriculture industry. Can you share some of these statistics with our listeners? And if there's any others that you know, as well as the impact of this on farm families and the agricultural industry as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 if you're a farmer listening to this, you know very well that there's just a lot of stress that comes with the territory of, of the kind of work you're doing. And Unlike other jobs, farming has so many elements, so many variables that are really outside of our control, weather, disease, politics, market prices. 
And the study that you're referring to, Chantel, was a study done in 2016 by the University of Guelph, and it was conducted by Dr. Andrea Jones-Bitten and Dr. Brianna Hagen. And so they were really curious to know about, you know, the, the state of mental health in our producers across Canada. I think a lot of us working in this field, we kind of have a sense of what's going on, but we really didn't have any of the data and numbers to kind of support, you know, all these anecdotal stories that we were hearing and seeing. So um, they surveyed, I believe is about 1100 producers across Canada. And they asked questions about their experience around anxiety and and depression and, and a few other things, burnout. And what they found was was pretty concerning. And they found that in the 1100 participants, 58% of those folks were having very high rates of anxiety, so much so that if they went to a, a medical doctor, they would they would reach the classification of having an anxiety disorder. So 58% wow. is much higher than what the general population is is seeing. So that speaks to the, the overwhelming sense of anxiety, stress that, that farmers are feeling. So that number is particularly high. Another one that they looked into was the experience of depressed mood. Again, they found 35% of the producers in this survey, if they were to seek out medical attention, would receive some kind of depression diagnosis. So so that number, again, compared to the general population is, is quite a bit higher. So those two numbers are very telling. And I think I think another one that is, is pretty meaningful to me doing this kind of work is that 40% of producers said that because of the stigma, they would be really hesitant and resistant to, to seek out any kind of medical health professional support because they're worried about what other people are going to think or worried that it's going to get around town that, you know, they they sought out some some extra help. That one kind of troubles me, and it's something that really kind of motivates me to keep doing this work because we shouldn't have any stigma attached to to reaching out and talking about our mental health, like our physical health. That's why these conversations that we're having are are just really so important, and they're not a, a kind of a one and done. We have the talk, and then that's good. We have to be, you know, constantly having these chats and talking about the importance and the benefits of getting the support when you need it. Yeah. Do you think that that stigma in agriculture is worse because people feel like they need to be tough or they need to have that strong yeah. face or there's many females in the egg industry, especially now, but do you think yeah. it's because it's a more of a male dominated profession that that stigma is higher? Or yeah, is there other I, I think everything you said is true. Yeah, I, I think we all grew up in a, in a culture where it wasn't manly. And at one point, it was kind of a very much a men dominated business. And, and that is is changing. And, and thankfully, so is the openness of people to access uh, support. So that's the good news. But yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I grew up in I grew up on a small farm. And, and I remember hearing comments about so and so who's gone into the the, the crazy house or the mental institution and, and, you know, you could feel the stigma that was attached to those mm-hmm. kinds of comments. And so that was just kind of ingrained in part of our culture. And I mean, it wasn't just the agriculture 
folks that that took on those views it was you know broadly kind of felt that way until we started learning more about about mental illness and about mental health but it is it is taking a little bit longer I think sometimes in the egg industry to kind of move past that because I think part of what farmers really pride themselves in and rightly so is that they're very independent they're very proud people they work really hard and they do feel proud of the fact that they can overcome a lot of adversities but we all have our limits, right? And I think what we're seeing in agriculture is time and time again, our limits are really being tested with the constant changes and and climate change events that are happening and just so many things kind of coming at us all the time that there's stress in the industry, I think, today that we haven't seen before. There was a follow-up to that 2016 survey that the University of Guelph had put out. They wanted to see the impact of, of stress over covid with producers. And again, they found the numbers were even more so elevated than what they found in 2016 with anxiety, depression. And interestingly, they they decided to survey people in terms of their experience around suicidal ideation. And they found that one in four of those producers had actually had some kind of suicidal ideation thought or experience during that time. So so that number we really need to pay attention to and be sure that we're we're asking people around us, you know, are you okay? How are things? And kind of make a safe place for them to be able to talk if we see that somebody's struggling. That number is huge and alarming. Yeah, I didn't didn't know that statistic beforehand and that's that's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try and link that survey in the show notes. Um, I'll maybe see if I afterwards, if I can get a hold of it and get that linked yeah. in there so that people, if they want to know more, can get that information. There have recently been some changes to what was previously known as the Farm and Rural Support Line. Can you speak to these changes and how this may have impacted some of the producers in Manitoba? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the Manitoba Farm Rural and Northern Support Services, which is a long name, and I will probably refer to it as the Farm Stress Line. Since 2000, the, the Farm and Rural Stress Line was housed in Brandon, and it remained there until 2020. And what was really beautiful about that program was that it was, it was a phone line service for farm and rural people. And the, the people answering those phones were people who were really intimately aware and knowledgeable about about farming, about the culture, because they either farmed or they had farmed in the past. So that was a real staple component of the program. There's a decision to move the program into Winnipeg in 2020. And so with that move, there were some changes. One of one of the changes uh, that we saw happen was the, the counselors that are answering that phone line presently they have wonderful counseling skills. They're there to support. They're there to provide information and, and can offer crisis intervention, all those kinds of things. But they don't necessarily have the, the intimate farming background knowledge and understanding that was perhaps there when it was in Brandon. I also know that I think they're working uh, really hard at putting that educational component in place so that those counselors do have a better understanding of what it's like and what it means to live on a farm. So I think that they're making an effort to increase that that knowledge base. And, you know, one, one of their positive benefit of it moving into Winnipeg when it was in Brandon was only open Monday to Friday. So, you know, that farmers aren't always 
needing to talk Monday to Friday. Now, now people can reach out and it's 24 seven. So there's, there's lots of opportunity for people to call in the middle of the night, if that's when they're feeling like they need to chat with somebody. So yeah, that's, that's kind of uh, in a nutshell, a little bit about what happened there. That's definitely a benefit. Like you said, farmers aren't nine to five employees that might only have challenges during those areas. And sometimes from five o'clock on a Friday till nine o'clock on a Monday is just too long and too much to deal with to have to wait for that service. So there is definitely some benefits, I guess, to that change. And I'm glad to hear that they're working to get some of that agricultural education to those people in Winnipeg. Yeah. It is one thing to have all of the counseling knowledge and that experience and be fantastic at that and to have that background in egg and just Mm -hmm. that understanding of what it is actually like to be, to be on a farm. And that I feel like there's often an isolation that comes with farming that is a little different than when you're in the city. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, farmers, when I would talk to farmers and they'd ask me about my credentials and I I'd tell them a little bit about my counseling background and then, and then I would talk about my farming piece and they were, they'd be like, well, that's really all I wanted to know was like, <laughs> do you, do you farm? Do you get it? Do you understand? And, yeah. and yeah, it, it really is. It is valuable to understand the culture and, and what it's like and what peak seasons mean and, and how difficult and, and beautiful it is to work with your family, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very complicated uh, relationship we have. It's an important connection to be able to make with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that leads us nicely into the next question which you worked so hard on getting the Manitoba Farmers Wellness Program running. Can you tell me a little bit about the program and what the goals of this program are? Yes, I'd be happy to share what's happening there. The Farmer Wellness Program was created because many of us saw a gap in the service that were available to farmers. And and when I worked on the farm stress line, you know, people would often ask me if, if they could come and and sit with me or one of the other counselors and and speak with somebody one-on-one and in person. And unfortunately, we just the mandate didn't cover that. So in, in 2020, there was an opportunity arose uh, when the farm line moved into Winnipeg. I reached out to um, a wonderful colleague of mine, Jerry Friesen, who many folks in the industry might know as, as the recovering farmer. And uh, he's a mental health advocate and somebody just really passionate about, about making services available to farmers. So I reached out to Jerry and we started looking around at at the other provinces that have farmer wellness programs and PEI and Ontario currently have uh, programs available. So we devised a advisory committee from folks across the country and then quickly set up a, a board of directors that's made up of just some amazing, wonderful, yeah, just great people who are all very strong mental health advocates and well-known in the egg industry who were really passionate about this. So things started happening quickly. And in March of this year, we launched the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program. And really kind of central and key for this program was we wanted it to be accessible to farmers. We wanted to keep the program simple so that there wasn't a lot of paperwork or steps to kind of get connected with a counselor. We wanted to make it a no-cost program. So there was no cost to the farmer who was accessing this program. And the funding is coming from other sources. And, and so that's that's been a really nice piece of this. So any farmer in Manitoba and their family members have access to the program. So they would have six counseling sessions 
each for each person. And it's for family members ages 16 and, and older. Like I said, they can have as many as, as six counseling sessions with, with a counselor that has both professional training and also lived experience with farming. So that was really crucial that that was happening. So we have four counselors in total, and they're kind of strategically placed around the province. Uh, we have one counselor that is bilingual. We have a male counselor and another counselor kind of located Brandon, and I'm in kind of the Westman area. So we wanted to kind of have them spread out so that if people wanted to meet in person, that that could be a possibility. A lot of folks are enjoying Zoom sessions, and so we are happy to accommodate doing those. And I find here in Strathclair, a lot of people um, are phone, are, we're doing phone sessions, which is, which is great too. So we really want to meet farmers where they're at and make it accessible to them. So, you know, if they um, need to have a session in um, the evening, great. If they want to talk to somebody on the weekends, let's make that happen. So we're really trying to kind of make it so farmers can, can reach out when, when they need to. That flexibility is amazing to hear that there's access to that service when people need it. Um, How often are you reaching out or talking to a farmer who is in the combine at this time of the year? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I haven't had anybody in the combine with this program, but certainly I've talked to a lot of farmers in various uh, pieces of equipment when I worked on the farm line for sure. Um, Yeah, none, none at this point yet, but, but I'm sure it will happen. I'm sure it will too. Yeah, absolutely. We've kind of already addressed who's eligible for the service. Mm-hmm. How can producers access the support if they're looking to have some of those conversations? Yeah, well, again, we want to make it really easy. So farmers just simply need to go to our website, www.manitobafarmerwellness.ca. And uh, there's lots of information about, you know, the program and the vision and mission statement and what we're trying to accomplish. But if they're wanting to kind of, they already know they want to book an appointment, they can simply click on book an appointment and then they'll see four different counselors show up, uh, their pictures and their bios. And you can take a peek at each one and see, you know, who do you think you'd kind of want to fit with? And it's as simple as clicking on their picture and you can send them an email or give them a call. And it's as easy as that. They'll, they'll set you up with an appointment. We try really hard. I know I pride myself in, in really being responsive to farmers and making them priority. So if somebody calls, I want to I wanna respond to them that day and see if I can get them in as quickly as possible. So we're really trying to meet the needs. And it's very simple to access. And that was really the focus is let's make this easy. Perfect. And we'll link that website as well in our show notes. What are some common topics, concerns, or discussions that would be appropriate to talk to with a counselor through this service? Yeah, I think the simple answer is whatever's important to the client, that's what's important to talk about. The topics can be very specific to what's going on the farm. So maybe they've had a disastrous year and they've had, you know, drought conditions, disease, whatever. Or it could be something very unrelated to what's going on in the farm. So maybe they work off farm and they, you know, are in conflict with their boss there. Or maybe somebody's working through some childhood trauma that they've experienced. So so really the, the, the issues can vary greatly. But I, I would say there are some common themes, I guess, that come up. 
one being relationships. So uh, relationships between spouses, relationships between parents and children, if especially if they're farming together, relationships with folks in the ag industry, you know, all the, all different kinds of relationship type issues. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about communication and effective problem solving and how to kind of navigate that and, and, and cope with some of those kinds of stressors that come up in, in those important relationships. So that's a big one. I think another big one uh, that I'm hearing about fall under the umbrella of grief and loss. So loss can mean a lot of different things. It can mean a financial loss on the farm. It could mean you've lost a loved one. It could be a loss of identity. If a farmer has to leave the farm, either voluntarily or involuntarily, in farm transitions, there's a lot of losses connected to that. So I think I think that's something that I hear a lot about, all different kinds of, of losses. There's certainly lots of folks that are, are feeling really stuck in their situation and feeling kind of immobilized, not knowing what to do, how, you know, where to start, you know, maybe feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress connected to what's happening on the farm, maybe some family issues, relationship issues, financial issues for sure are often, often talked about. And and so we spend a lot of time kind of unpacking that and talking about the impact it's having on them and and looking at some different ways of coping with the stress and and helping them to kind of strategize and prioritize and I think for a lot of people, just having somebody who's outside of their situation, who's not in the mix, so to speak, and who can kind of bring it an outsider perspective, it provides a sense of safety for people to kind of really open up in a way that maybe they can't with family or friends, knowing that it's confidential and the information's not going to go anywhere and they can really, you know, start the process of working through some of these things. That's great. And I'm glad you brought up the confidentiality piece because I was going to add that in at the end if you hadn't mentioned it, just to make sure that everybody knew that anything talked about in those sessions would be confidential with those counselors. Absolutely. Yeah. All of our all of our counselors are are professionals and and abide by the ethics of of their organizations. And and we all know we live in small communities and and Mm -hmm. word gets out. So yeah, it's really that's really important to people. And it's one of the things that people ask me first off is, you know, is this is this really confidential? They they need to be assured and reassured that this is confidential and nothing's going to be shared outside the confines of, of our office. I think too, the agricultural field in industry is so small. And when lots of people are from small towns, having that option to phone or Zoom is just one more way that people can feel like the neighbor is not going to know if they're going to your office or just that, that feeling of, oh, maybe somebody's watching and they're going to question this or that kind of thing. People can be assured that they have those options to reach out, still have that connection. And Mm -hmm. it's still all very confidential and personal. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we know that that's one of the barriers that has and continues to keep people from from attending mental health supports is that fear of other people finding out, you know, whether it's going to the hospital and speaking with a mental health worker and worrying that somebody's going to recognize your vehicle or or whatever, and it'll get around town and, and and those kinds of concerns. And, and, you know, and, and having said that, you know, we are still working really hard towards breaking down that stigma so that, 
you know, it, it doesn't matter if, if your truck is seen in, in the parking lot, like that people just don't really see that as being a big deal anymore that, Oh, that's just Ted. He's looking after himself. Good on Ted, you know, and that'd be great if that's the place that we could get to. Isn't that's, that's where we want to be. That's what we're working towards. Absolutely. hundred percent. There are several other services listed on the Manitoba Farmers Wellness Program website, and you've got them beautifully categorized by location within the province. So if there's a producer that's looking for that information, they can easily go on there, find out what's available in the area, and then go that way to look for those services. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the other services and what they offer to producers and kind of how you work hand in hand with them, maybe to ensure that that service and the support is provided? Yeah, no, that's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked that because I think when people are, especially when they're struggling, it, it's hard to focus and to kind of think clearly sometimes. And and so the system can be a little hard to navigate when you're in that kind of fog. So I think, first of all, if if you or somebody you know is really struggling and you have concerns about them and you're you're concerned that maybe they may, may be having thoughts of suicide hurting themselves or somebody else, then of course we want to get them immediate support. So that means taking them to the local ER and having them seen by a doctor. That's that's most important. In that moment, if you're not really sure what to do, um, I used to work for the Manitoba Suicide and Prevention Support Line, and that's a great resource. If you call those folks and say, this, this is the situation, I'm not sure what I should do, what are my options? they're going to support you and walk you through what steps you need to take. So you you don't have to make these decisions by yourself. There's resources out there that can kind of help you. But uh, yeah, if, if a person is at high risk for suicide, you want to get them to a hospital sooner than later. So having said that, there's, there's lots of different resources out there. And again, if you don't know where to start, there's in Manitoba, we have 211. People can simply dial 211. And and what that number does is it provides resources, you know, social service resources, government uh, organizations, those kinds of things, any of those helping professions. So if you phone and say, I'm in St. Lazar, and can you tell me where the the closest uh, addictions worker is? They can connect you with that information. So that's a really good resource that people can tap into just calling 211. We talked a little bit about the Manitoba Farm Rural and Northern Support Services. Again, they're 24-7 and um, you can get some really good support and information from those folks as well. We talked about the Manitoba Farm Rural, or pardon me, the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program for in-person or Zoom or telephone counseling. In addition to that too, everybody in Manitoba, through the regional health authorities, we have access to child and adolescent mental health workers and adult mental health workers, and a few RHAs have geriatric mental health workers. They're a good resource too. They're community-based, and it's a free service. So if you have somebody that's in your family or you yourself are maybe struggling with anxiety, depression, you know, bipolar disorder, any kind of mental illness, they're a good place to kind of tap into to kind of get that ongoing, consistent mental health support. In some regional health authorities too, and going back to when when somebody might be in a real acute crisis, and I've certainly known a lot of rural people, you know, use this service, 
Let's say you've got a, a brother that is really struggling and they don't feel like they can get up the courage or the strength to, to go to the doctor or to wait for an appointment. You can access what's called the mobile crisis unit. And so I believe on the Farmer Wellness website, we've listed what areas have a mobile crisis unit. So you can simply call those folks and they will let you know how long it will take for them to respond to you. It depends kind of where you are in the RHA, the distance between you and the actual service, but they will come to your home and talk to you, listen, kind of assess what's going on provide resources, maybe accompany you to the hospital if that's what's kind of needed. So so those services are available too. I'm really glad that you mentioned those because I actually had never heard of 211. And I've heard of the mobile crisis unit, but I didn't really know what that service was. So I'm really glad that you yeah. included those. Really important services. And, and we're very lucky to have all, all of those services too. And so now we're really focusing on our agriculture community and we're making, we're trying to make sure that they have a whole big basket of services available to them, just like our urban counterparts too, right? We deserve to have lots of good services that, that meet our needs out here outside the perimeter. It's an exciting time, I guess, in a sense that we, like I said, with those kind of studies that have come out, you know, it it gives us the data and it shows that there's a real need out there. And, and with that need, hopefully follows funding so that we can continue to provide programs that are educating people in the community, like the um, University of Guelph in the know um, mental health literacy training or the work that Do More Ag is also doing and their outreach and educating people in the industry. So yeah, I think those are some really positive things that are happening out there. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't have this in the questions, but you also offer private counseling sessions. Where is your office located? And if somebody wanted to get a hold of you for that service, how would they go about doing that? Sure. I'm I'm located in Strathclair, Manitoba, which is an hour north of Brandon. But with the beauty of Zoom, I have clients all over the place. So so that makes it a little bit easier for folks to reach me. But I specialize in in working with farm and rural people. And if they're interested in wanting to learn more about, about what to expect or just want to get a little bit more information about me and what I do and what I can offer, um, my website is www.kmoffit.com. And is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up today? I think just, you know, just the the last few words of, of encouragement to people that really, I know it's a scary thing when you first reach out to to talk to somebody, especially if you've never done that before. I think people worry about, I don't know how to do this therapy thing, or I don't know what to say, or it's going to be awkward. And it's okay to have those have those thoughts and concerns. But in my experience, and I've been on both sides, I've been in in the seat of getting help. And I've spent a lot of time in the seat helping people. So I, I get that feeling. And I think a big part of it is developing rapport with your counselor. Change happens at the the rate of trust. I heard that quote before, and I really like that. So finding somebody that you feel comfortable with that you feel safe with, but I think the important thing is, is that if you're recognizing you're feeling stuck, you are feeling like you, you need to talk to somebody, maybe you've been putting it off, you know, take a chance. You know, I think it's it's so beneficial for people to be able to find somebody that they can talk to in a confidential way, not going to judge them. And, and it can start the process of 
really learning about yourself and trying to figure a path forward and what that looks like. So it's a small step to to reach out to somebody, but really it's it's a, a really big step and an important mm-hmm. step. And I think most people feel a, a lot better as a result of reaching out. And don't give up. That's my message. Don't give up. If if the first person that you talk to, whether it's a friend, family member, minister, and for whatever reason you don't feel heard or understood, don't give up. You know, try somebody else. And I know that takes courage to to muster up that courage to to talk to somebody else, but but somebody's gonna hear you and really listen to you. And and so don't stop. It's a great message to end on. I think too that it's so important for farmers and anybody who's listening to remember that there are people that love them and care about them and that they're so important, right? Because sometimes yeah. you may be in that place where you're not sure about that anymore, but it's important yeah, to keep that in mind. That's right. And and there is no farm without the farmer. We all need to be looking out for for the people that are putting food on our tables. It's it's It, it really is the most noble profession. So we got to take good care of them. Yes, we do. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. I feel like if we can even reach one listener who needed to hear this, that we've done something beautiful and amazing through having this conversation. And it's definitely something that I want to continue talking about and continue sharing information about. So thank you so much for your time and all of your knowledge and experience. Oh, you're very welcome, Chantel. Thank you for for the opportunity and making this conversation really um, important and keeping it out there and, and relevant. So thank you. You're welcome. There were several links and support services that were mentioned in this episode. They will be available in the show notes. But again, for people who are listening, the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program website is manitobafarmerwellness.ca. And the page on their site that has the list of services in the different areas of Manitoba is on the website manitobafarmerwellness.ca slash crisis services. The research programs and daily operations at MBFI would not be possible without funding from the province of Manitoba, Government of Canada, and Canadian Agricultural Partnership, as well as partnership with Manitoba Agriculture, Manitoba Beef Producers, Ducks Unlimited Canada, and the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. joining us for another episode of Beef and Forage Roundup. For more information on the on-farm projects or upcoming extension events, please visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at MB Beef and Forage. For full project reports and more information about MBFI, please visit our website, mbfi.ca. If you have feedback on the show, questions about content, are interested in becoming a project supporter, or want to submit a proposal for a research project topic, please email information at mbfi.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure you don't miss an upcoming episode. We've got lots to share.